punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, January 22. I'm John Barker, back from a break, ready to go first up and joining me as usual, Dynamite Dan Nuttall and we hope Jackpot Joel Marshall. Joel just yet to join us, but Dan, uh, before we get into this week's racing, uh, your impressions of Magic Millions Day last Saturday, Cool and Gatter. Impressive enough win in the classic um, fought off Russian conquest and uh, big gap to third there. Now installed as the $4 golden slipper favourite. Does that seem about right to you? Yeah, probably. I, You know, as I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks back, I thought she was a um, this year. And whilst maybe not win, the margin wasn't as great as what many people thought. I think Russian conquest certainly proved that... Um, some sort of horse as well, and I think those two clash again in the Magic. Uh, sorry, in the Golden Slipper. In a couple of months' time, um, it'll be a, it'll be a stirring battle. But uh, yeah, excellent day as always. Magic Millions Day Isotope, but was a, was one of the highlights of the day for mine. Um, coming off of a bit of a bit of a setback, certainly targeting some big races in the Sydney Autumn um, as well. So. Great day, and yeah, obviously headlined by the, the two-year-old clash between Cool and Gather and Russian Conquest. Obviously, both worth following. Uh, Joel, outside uh, the two-year-olds and Isotope, what took your eye on Magic Millions Day? Um, well, I had a couple of unlucky runners, so they were taking my eye. Um, that's for darn sure. Um, trying to find a bit of value that uh, didn't have a lot of luck. But uh, look, I think the, the maiden can be a bit of a disappointing form reference. Everyone thinks it's going to be a hot form race because it looks, you know, there should there should be some good maideners in the field. But I think this year is going to continue that trend. I, I know that the Snowden pair finished one too and there was a couple of nice types behind them, but I didn't think it was an overly strong maiden field this year. And, and obviously the other thing that sort of, well, the other sort of pointer was 11-11 winning his third... Magic Millions race. Um, so doing an Invincibella. I think Invincibella won the Mayor's race three times. 11-11 won the Guineas and he's now won the Cup twice. So great job by Greg Hickman and all concerned to just get him to peak at the right time. Yes, indeed. Well, after Magic Millions weekend, we uh, crash back to earth somewhat with uh, a bit of off-season summer fair this weekend. Uh, there is, in fact, just the one black-type race on Saturday. There is uh, another one. There's the two-year-old's in Hobart uh, on Sunday as well. Uh, there's plenty of interesting stuff on this weekend. We've got rapid racing at Flemington on uh, Friday. Um, but as I mentioned, just the one black type race, so we might as well start with that. It is at Randwick. It is race eight, and it is the Agency Carrington Stakes, a listed event over 1,400 metres. And, uh, Joel, You've had a crack at this one for the front page of Winning Post, where your record is good. Yes, uh, coming off some decent uh, recent form. And, uh, yeah, hopefully can keep that going. And I'm with the Angela Davies trained through the cracks here. And, well, you've got to be quick with some of these markets. I think he went up $8 on Wednesday. It lasted for about five minutes. And I think he's into around four fifty, or even a bit shorter as favourite. I did think he would go up favourite. He's a pretty promising horse, lightly raced seven-year-old with a stack of talent, but uh, we hadn't seen him for, well, um, over 12 months prior to him returning in the Christmas Classic. 
at Canterbury a couple of weeks ago where he really caught the eye, sat last at you know, Canterbury, not really his go, and, and 1,200 probably a bit short of his best distance, but he really attacked the line hard. To get home into third, he gets in well here with the 53 and a half, bigger track out to 1,400. He ticks a lot of boxes, this bloke, as long as he doesn't have that flat second up run off such a long break, and that's the one little query that uh, his trainer has, having spoken to her this week. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll be pretty hard to beat. It's a pretty competitive race, though. There's, you know, you can make a serious case for plenty of them. I've got eight Charmy Baby in for second, bit of a favourite of mine, and she's just absolutely flying. A terrific effort uh, up in Queensland recently. The you know, trainer, Bob Milligan, sent her up north to Laurie Mayfield-Smith, and she claimed a listed race at 20-1 to 1 and then almost won again at good odds. Uh, just held up for a bit too long, but flew home there in the Burnborough. She'll be doing her best work late. Three lure me in. Uh, he will be doing that as well. And he's a good roughie. He needs further to show his absolute best. But first up last prep, had the fourth fastest last 200 of the day. And that was chasing home some pretty handy horses in Rock O'Clock and Nudge. And that was 1,400. So if the speed's on here, which it should be, I expect him to get home hard. And I've thrown True Detective in, who just wouldn't be denied first up against his stablemate Tycoonist, who ran very well on the Gold Coast last week to frank the form. But uh, there's quite a few others you can include. 13 on top for me from 8, 3 and 9. Yeah, I agree with Joel in the sense it will be a... Uh, it is an open race and I think plenty will go into my quaddy. I've, I've gone with the six on top, looks like Elvis. Um, had a bit of a trip to Melbourne um, his last couple of starts and he was excellent there. He won a good race at Packenham, two back. And then chased... Uh, the Promising Lighthouse last start. Um, we've got a long way back there, but making good ground um, late. And I think he certainly deserves a, to be warranted a chance in a race like this based on that sort of form in, use, uh, in Victoria. Um, a wide draw here again. Um, we'll get back and um, she looks a bit of a speed on. So I think he will can get his chance to run him down the six. Uh, the nine in Next True Detective... Um, a bit of an enigma, this horse, but the first up win was um, was very good. Holding off Tycoonus, as Joel said, ran really well on the Gold Coast behind the horse I mentioned earlier, Isotope. Um, beat home away game, Tycoonus. So good form for this. Back to 54 kilos, true detective and a favourable draw. He's over the odds. Charmy baby, flying, um, hard to ignore. And I've got the 13 in as well through the cracks. Six on top of nine, eight and 13. Well, the Carrington is the second leg of the quality there, race eight. Joel, through your cracks, through the cracks was your best on the program. Talk us through your value bet, which comes up in the third leg. Yeah, and he's a bit of a money muncher, this bloke. And to be fair, he hasn't been one of mine. So I guess I can afford to, to jump in and try and catch him on, on the right day. And I speak of number three, Bottega. He's still an entire, this bloke, a son of Snitzel. Uh, it's been a little while since we've seen his best form. But Nashua Willow has had a bit of luck with him, and I'm hoping the pair can click again on Saturday. I thought his first up run was quite good. He was heavily backed. He, he ran on, just laid in up the straight and proved a bit difficult for Tommy Berry to ride out. But thought that was a good run. His next run on the Kenzo track was a bit plain. Thought he should have attacked the line a little better. And he trialled on Monday in Sydney and had the blinkers on and just looked full of running. Um, it was a, a very good trial. Now, they, they've elected not to put the blinkers on. He's only had one go in blinkers. And it was a total disaster. He was caught wide and he over-raced badly and dropped out. Uh, so they've resisted putting them on on race day. But I think the quick backup from that trial, they have put a tongue tie on him, I think will suit. And as I said, Nashville will are on. So, look, this, there's some 
four horses here in better form, but I'm hoping to catch him on the right day. Bottega as the value bet. And the other one that I like at a little bit of odds earlier is race six, number 12, Criminal Code. I think they'll elect to run here. He's in the mile race, or in that Bottega race as well. But I think that step up in trip will suit him in race six. So he's worth a look each way. All righty. And Dan, you're... Um... Uh, we've heard uh, about the second and third legs of the quad. The first leg is race seven, and your best comes up there. Yeah, that's right. And with the resuming Selena Dreaming, a stable mate of um, Joel Sipnick in the Carrington and through the cracks. But first up here, this mare, she's a excellent first up uh, record. Four starts, three wins. Um, the recent trials I thought were solid leading into this. I think it's a nice race for her. And I think she'll be winning better races um, down the track. Selena Dreaming in race seven. The value comes up in race five. Uh, Mr. Bond on with, which is uh, the three. Thought his return at Hawkesbury over 1,400 metres was excellent. He got a long way battle. So he got settled last in the field. And with the 62 kilos, it looked a, sort of a tall task from there. But um, he made up a stack of ground. And it was a sort of a, an eye-catching first-up performance for a stayer, um, resuming over 1,400 metres. Last start in a slowly run race, just wasn't able to get that, um, get into the race. But here third up in a, in a midway handicap, which is a slightly weaker race to what he saw last start. Um, importantly, he's up to 1,800 metres. So third up, he's quite a talented horse. Um, this bloke, and he'll keep improving as the, as the races get longer. But I thought this was a good option, third up, 1,800 metres. Um, Mr. Bond, <clears throat> quite a stay with a bit of promise. Race five, number three. All right, the... Melbourne action uh, on Saturday is at the Valley. Um, but before that, on Friday, as I mentioned, rapid racing, seven races down the straight, uh, half an hour gaps between them. Uh, starts at three, all over by six. Uh, Joel, I see you did uh, look uh, do the form there. Is there anything uh, you just want to talk us into at Flemington before we hit the Valley? Yeah, look, it's... It's not an overly strong uh, meeting, I wouldn't have thought, but uh, there are a couple that I'm going to have a bet on. Uh, race three, number two, Yosemite. I've made my best. Um, she, look, she's won three from 15. She's bred to get out over further, but I think they've realised that she is just a sprinter, even though she's by Redwood. I thought her fresh run of the 1,000 was good. She drew wide, went back and hit the line well. Has the 60 kilos, but um, she's competed in stronger fields than this through most of her career. I think she's pretty well in in a 64. Uh, she's around $5. And my best one at odds is in the last, uh, race seven, number 10, son of Bielski. I think he's had some issues in the past 12 months, this bloke, but if he's fully fit and ready to go, he can win a race like this. He's around 30 to one. His New Zealand form was quite good. His fresh run, or his first run in Australia back in May last year was excellent. He then pulled up sore after Sandown, had a long time off. He was entered and scratched a couple of times before he returned to the Chuka with 64 kilos, mind you, and it was just too big a task. He's been freshened again. I liked his recent jump out win. And yeah, sure, you're sort of um, taking a bit of a gamble, but at 30 to 1, I think we can. All righty. And uh, now swing across to the valley and tell us uh, what you like there on Saturday. Yeah, well, field sizes aren't massive at the valley. And um, again, I sort of not overly keen on the program, but I've made my best uh, race six, number 11, sharp response. He's probably one of the horses at the meeting that could come away and, and sort of develop into a bit of a stakes horse or certainly, you know, a, a genuine Saturday horse. He's in the, 
the smart stables of Julius Sandu. I thought the first up run was very good. He had the 60 kilos. He was back near the inside and he beat Albar Clemenceau, the talented Hawks uh, team horse. Uh, look, he showed plenty of promise in that first prep as a two-year-old, winning at Sandown and finishing runner-up at Caulfield. So, look, he's a three-year-old against the older horses. A bit of a task, but I think he's got a bit of a future. So, I've made him my best. And my value, not at massive odds, but we can get each way. Race four, number seven, Wellsford. He's the talented stayer, this guy. He's only had the 10 starts, a five-year-old, but he's coming along well. He won over 2,400 at Swan Hill, then came here to the Valley and beat all bar chains of honour and then backed that up with another good run at Flemington. He's been upwards of 20 to one in both those starts. So not those odds on Saturday, around the $6, but I think uh, he's got a bit of a future and should be hard to hold out. My best comes up in the last. Race nine, number six, Gaviera from the Chris Wallace stable. <clears throat> First up over 1,100 metres, was, was finding the line nicely into third behind the promising in the boat. Um, last preparation, they tried her over 1,600 metres, just didn't run it out. Um, and then her best results sort of came over these sprinting sort of trips. They say they'll um, sort of follow that formula here. This preparation seems to, she does the best work over the shorter distances. And 1,200 ES, second up. Um, it's a good setup for her here off on the back of the of a pleasing first up performance. Um, yeah, so she's my best in the last race, nine, six. The value comes up in race six. First leg of the quaddy, and with the eight, national choice. He's only had the one win, this Snitzel Golding. I think he's, he's a better horse than uh, what that record sort of indicates. He's been running in some good races earlier on as a three-year-old and not been disgraced. He resumed at Warrnambool, 1,200 metres. I thought he should have won that race there. Just couldn't really get clear until about the 200-metre mark. The winner, the first two home, would beat him home, were able to build momentum. Um, and he hit the line strongly there at the end of 1,200 metres. So... Promising return. I think he's up to city level. And um, I think is a, certainly an each way play in the sixth. Race six, number eight. Uh, my best, I've gone with the obvious in race five, number two, Yulong Command. In fact, I see that uh, four of the eight tipsers in winning posts have made Yulong Command the best on the program. Just going very well. Loves Mooney Valley, loves 1,000 metres. Uh, can bounce to the front. Claims again, same weight and same class this time after running uh, second to Scorched Earth. And uh, really, uh, as long as uh, as long as you can keep that form up, um, uh, should go close again. My value bet, not much value. Race six, number eleven. Uh, sharp response, which of course it was Joel's best. Uh, but Joel, you and I will may worry you that we're a fair bit of agreement. Uh, because uh, I'm with Wellsford as well. Uh, but all another interesting one, though, and certainly more value than my value, it was race seven, number seven, uh, Musselbrook, who didn't have much luck. First up, uh, goes well at the valley, goes well at this distance, but um, I suppose the only thing to worry about is one, start, one win from 25 starts on good tracks. What did you think about Musselbrook? Yeah, well, it was the sort of race where I was trying to find something at a bit of value because I, I wasn't overly keen on the favourites. And yeah, he's got a he's had a you know he's got a few convictions and some of his best form was on the synthetic last time in. But as you said, no luck first up. You know, probably should have finished in the placings. He goes well at the valley, which I like. Four goes at the track, three seconds, and on on his best form, he's definitely an each way hope. And look, yeah, he's not one I'd be sort of diving heavily into, but. 
at the $15, you don't have to have a hell of a lot on. All right. Well, thanks for that injection of confidence. Uh, Gawler <laughs> is the victim for, <laughs> for uh, Adelaide for SA Metro Racing on um, Saturday. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, the owners and trainers uh, over there are saying, to say, can we please go back to, you know, it's been great to get out of town uh, for a while, but can we please go back to Morfordville, which we are next Saturday for the Durbridge Stakes. Uh, but, Dan, they, uh, so small fields throughout the day, but uh, still, if you can find a winner, you will be paid in Australian currency. So what do you like? Yeah, well, a pair of trainers who might um, be happy with the Gawler meeting this weekend, Richard and Chantal Jolly, they got one in race three called Lady Simone, who really enjoys this Gawler circuit. Um, it was a promise, pretty impressive win last start. She did have a, an easy run of it, sort of settle outside the leader. They didn't go overly quick in front. Um, but she sprinted nicely um, and running away from the field in the, in the latter stage of the ra- in the race. And there were gaps behind her there. So um, she beat all she had to. And, and yeah, now has two wins from three starts at Gawler. Freshened up since then, but kept up to the mark. Had a Morphville trial. She finished third there. Um, in this race, I don't see there's much, much spe- speed engaged. I think she can either lead or, or settle, certainly settle on the first two or three and um, might take some running down. So... Best bet of the day at Gawler, race three, Lady Simone. The value comes up in race seven. I think Zula was sort of too bad to be true last start. Was caught wide there and I guess entitled to tire off that off that run. Um, but the fact I think she can bounce back, was she a very good winner, two back. Um, uh, went to the front there and held him off as a sort of game sort of effort. I think can do that here. Um certainly roll forward and, and take some catching here. 51 kilos on her back after the claim for Ben Price. So I think Zula can um, get back into the winner's circle, race seven. And uh, Joel, I see you like uh, Lady Simone as well. Uh, do you want to uh, say anything about your value tip at Gawler in Colacar? Yeah, well, I'm thinking it's going to be a good day for Richard and Chantel Jolly and Jake Toro because uh, they'll combine with Lady Simone, who should be very hard to beat. And then they've got a first starter in race four, number three, Colica, a Kiwi-bred son of Vadimos. Uh, his trial at Strathalban recently was very good. He performed well in a jump out prior to that. And uh, Jake was aboard in that trial and he was just um, smothered up jogging in behind them, finished sixth, probably could have won if he had a push through. Uh, he gets a good run from barrier four. Uh, the market's found him. He's around 5 or $6, but uh, I think he'll run very well. All righty, Doombin, the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. And, Daniel, you start us off nice and early in the second. Yeah, it looks well placed, Camelade, in race two. Um, I thought it's clearly the one to beat, and Market reflects that's come up even money or two dollars. Um, the likelihood of a wet track certainly helps his cause as well. A bit of rain expected to fall, and Doombin should be in the wet, in the softer, heavy range. I would have thought come Saturday. Um, and yeah, his his former wet tracks is um, is quite impressive. Tackled the wave last start. Wait for age racing, a long way off them um, in the run, but was <clears throat> certainly working to the line well. Just read five lengths off wheelhouse. I don't think he was suited at weight for age conditions, having to carry 58 and a half there. Um, it's the right sort of race. It's set weights. He's well in, um, even at 59 kilos. And the 1,600-metre record, he excels. So ticks plenty of boxes and really hard to beat. Race two, Tamerlade. Um, regarding a value, 
race eight, number 12, Liza with a Z. Tony Gollan, trade mare. Um, most of her wins have sort of come sunny coast of Ipswich, those sort of tracks. But she does have has have, have good form when she comes to town. Um, so pet trip, 1,100 metres, had four wins from seven starts. It gets in well at 54 kilos. And importantly, she handles all track conditions. So... So the fourteen fifteen dollars at the moment lies with us here. I think it's a great each way play in um, the second last race, race eight number twelve. Joel, any thoughts on Dooman? No, nothing for me there, Barks. Alrighty, uh, Ascot is the venue for Perth racing again on Saturday. Uh, no black type races there, but uh, BJ Ryan does like uh, can get us off to a, a, a relatively. Early start. It's a uh, it's a late meeting uh, at Ascot with uh, hot weather again forecast. It was actually abandoned there on Wednesday because it was so hot. So the easterlies are blowing in, and the first is not until five twenty eight Eastern Daylight Time, and that is BJ's best race one, number one, spin the knife, and BJ's value bet race five, number six, comes a time. Um, speaking of twilight meetings, uh, some very interesting action across the Tasman and it's uh, at a very civilised hour for those watching races on the uh, eastern seaboard of Australia. Just the six races at Ellerslie. Joel, it is uh, Karaka Million Day. Indeed, yeah. It's uh, probably New Zealand's biggest meeting uh, these days. They get a great crowd. I'm not sure what the restrictions are like there for this year, but um, it's really sort of taken over sort of, you know, Derby Day or Auckland Cup Day as, as being the premier meeting. Uh, only the six races are usually the lead into the sales. The sales move this year back to March, uh, but they've left this meeting where it is. And we've got two million dollar races, the three year old classic, uh, which is race six and the two year old, uh, which is race four. And a couple of pretty good support races as well. I, I found it difficult to come up with my best and, and value, but uh, my best is in race three. Now, there's three Jamie Richards runners here. Uh, numbers one and three are high up in the betting, sort of state, obviously back from Australia. He competed down the straight in the Coolmore Stud Stakes, his most recent run, and three Imperatries. Uh, they're both going to be hard to beat, but I've gone for the, I guess, um, sort of unexposed stablemate in number four, Mohawk Brave. He's also Australian bred by, uh, by Extreme Choice. His maiden win was good, but his second win was outstanding. It reeled off some very slick late sectionals to win. I think he's above average and $11. Um, he's obviously not as well weighted compared to a couple of the other better performed ones, but I think the upside is uh, very good with him. So I've made him my best and I've made my value in the last. Taking on On The Bubbles, who's odds on for the Tiakau team in the three-year-old classic. I've gone with number five, Tatoki. Won his first two, took on older horses, ran very well in a good form race for third. And then last time out in the Auckland Guineas, just a steadily run affair and didn't really play into the hands of those in the second half of the field where he was, but he hit the line well for fourth. Bit of room for improvement there. And at double figures, I could have something each way on him. The Caracamillion, the, the two-year-old race, race four, I found a bit of a raffle. But again, I've gone for the outsider of the Tiakau team, number five, Lord Cosmos. Uh, he'll be ridden cold, I would have thought, from the outside gate. But he's got a big finish, the son of Piero, and I'll have a small bet on him, but I found it a bit of a raffle, that race. Uh, the other meetings from New Zealand on Saturday are at Trentham, and my specials come up early. Race one, number three, Happy Hero, the value. Missed the start on debut. That proved costly, but he hit the line hard. 
He stays at a thousand metres. The start's going to be all important here. If he jumps with them, he can win. If he misses it by three or four like the other day, he's probably going to be running on for fifth or sixth again. Uh, my best is race two, number eight, Clever Rudds. Won his first couple on the synthetic, and you never know how that form's sort of going to hold up. And this prep, probably been a tad disappointing. The fresh run was good, but then wide gates just haven't helped of late. And I thought the latest run in a much stronger field was very good. Blinkers go on. I reckon Clever Rudds is a sharp improver. Uh, made him the best. And at the meeting in the South Island at Gore, I've dipped a couple of stable mates here. The best bet, race three, number 13, Partee. Just needs to learn how to put a race away. He's just been rolling in and, and proving hard to ride out in the straight in his runs to date. But hopefully the step up to 2,000 metres will suit. This isn't a strong field and a lightly race three-year-old with talent, albeit a bit green. He should be taking care of these. And my value bet is in the last race 10. Number 11, Fairway Flight, who's been building up to a win. Placed two of last three at good odds and stays down in the weights with a good draw. I think he'll give you a good run for your money again. Alrighty, uh, as I mentioned, there is some black type on Sunday at Hobart. It is race five, the Mills New Norfolk Elwick Stakes, and both I and our man in Tappy, Adam Williams, uh, with Bello Bow for the inform Adam Trinder. Uh, one, quote, lead and one, gave a kick here over this trip, this 1,100-metre trip. Uh, this being uh, a set weights race doesn't get any penalty for that and uh, should Go very close once again for second. I've got the first starter, Esper, uh, and then Ella exceeds and Gigi Jet by. That is two, ten, six, and one for race five at Hobart. On Sunday, that concludes the preview section of the program, brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, the listeners uh, must have been pretty glad to get rid of me because uh, I see the first week I was away, you uh, spent 40 and got 168 back, uh, which is pretty good going. And uh, indeed, the week I went away, Joel also informed, you've dropped off a bit since then. But uh, I'm back, fresh and ready to go. And uh, I imagine you're ready to bounce back too, Joel. Yep, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm going to go across the ditch and have 10 each way on Mohawk Brave. Uh, so that's Ellerslie on Saturday, race three, number four. I need to um, <clears throat> bounce back to form somewhat. So I'm just going to go with my 20 at Gawler. Race three, number three, Lady Simone. All right, and I will go to the Valley uh, where I will have 20 on... Race uh, four, number seven, Wellsford. Uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It's online now via winningpost.com.au in the shops first thing Friday morning. For all the form for uh, rapid racing at Flemington on Friday. Fields, colours for everywhere else. Uh, and we've got uh, uh, all your usual form for Saturday and Sunday and plenty of great reading 
as well. Uh, so uh, until next week, listeners, back plenty of winners. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.